All right, his uh, visit each and every week is brought to you by our friends at the Murdoch Auto Group. Let's get out to the zone phone. Joining us now, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, David Locke with us. What's up, David? I'm waiting for my Murdoch Santa Fe to uh, do its job tonight and get me down to the arena. Yeah, man, you should have no <laughs> Actually, problem with I have that, less, boy. I have less snow than you have, by the way. I'm certain of that fact. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, no, up there, I don't have – this is a – well, I mean, this is a lake effect uh, northwest flow. It doesn't go up to Park City as much. Have you ever, David, been scared or worried about uh, the commute down through Parley's? No. Um, I um, I mean, sure. I've, I mean, I don't know. You're, I mean, it took me, I had to go down and get tested yesterday. It took me three hours, so that was a total panic. I appreciate the fact that we're trying to keep everyone safe, but let me tell you, that wasn't great. Um, so there's, I mean, there's days where it's a pain. Um, no, I've never felt that. Um um. Uh, yeah, I mean, no, that's not a big concern of mine. The plus. Can I follow? Definitely- can I follow up on that? What you said about the that being a pain, um, the testing. Uh, what do you think of uh, five players no, the, testing positive? The, the, te- the testing wasn't what was a pain. It was the it was the hour and a half each way okay. that was the pain. <laughs> okay, okay. But what did you think? What did you think of five players, NBA players, testing positive? Uh, the, well, the, weren't four of them in the Spurs? I, yeah, five overall. Yeah, but I think four of them. I mean, the the more inch, the story that's worth following is the four that were Spurs and what happened, right? Um, there doesn't seem, you know, the NFL will kind of quietly say that they don't believe that they had any. Um, um, the the NFL doesn't seem to have, or at least will claim that they didn't have any um, on-field transmission, and I I I don't think that we um, that we did either, or that we have yet either. I don't know, I don't know that for a fact, um, but I believe that to be the case. That no sport that I'm aware of has had an on has had transmission during an event. Hmm. That's really important for youth sports also though. Like like I don't know why that actually maybe no one's able to really prove these things, but it feels like that's something that should be talked about a lot. Certainly would agree with that. David Locke with us here on ninety seven five and twelve eighty of the zone. David, let's talk about the jazz and uh and certainly the game tonight. Um you uh, over the last couple of years have been as in on the Clippers as I have been. Uh, I know you're high on their potential, and I, I certainly know why. They're going to be without Paul George. Uh, last I checked, we're unsure about Kawhi Leonard. What kind of test are the Jazz in for tonight? So, I th- and I think they're without Nicholas Batum tonight. Um, That's correct. Unless he comes out of the concussion protocol. That one you have to be a little worried about because the concussion protocol, sometimes some teams will list you as out until the moment in which you have been um, cleared, and so that's a if that if you follow me, like you're out and yeah. then you're in. You're not you don't go through any middle ground because they don't know until you test. So there's a chance he could pass those things, and then that could change. Um, I mean, I think they're in for a real test. I mean, the other night, a good example against Philadelphia, they had such a math advantage with the three point shooting that there's just kind of was no way that Ben Simmons's two point shots were going to catch the Jazz's three point shots. And this is not the case. Like the Clippers have. With Paul George out of the lineup, they're shooting a lot less threes than they were before. They they have they have dropped a little bit recently, so that's probably worth taking note of. Um, but they they were launching you know forty forty five percent of their shots as threes there for a little while, um, and and so 
the math advantage will not be as large as it was. Um, they have dipped now. And Paul George has since they've missed, you know, their last five games. They they've been at twenty seven and twenty six and thirty two and thirty two percent of all their shots is threes, and then thirty five against Miami, who is um, allows an awful lot of threes. So I think due to Paul George's injury they have not been able to be back where they were once before. So that might not be quite as big an issue as, as we thought beforehand, but um, that's one to keep an eye on that the Jazz might lose some of their, you know, math advantage that they've had. Dave, I've seen that you've been tweeting out various uh, uh, statistics that uh, are important to what the Jazz are doing. If I were to try and pin you down on one stat that illustrates how great the Jazz have been playing, what would it be? I mean, I, it's, I'm probably combining two here, um, but it's the high volume threes at a high percentage, somewhat unprecedented. Um, so that I think, you know, and then when, and that leads to everything else, um, you know, the minute you try to take that away, then you're running into a situation where now Rudy's going to go score 27 at the rim. But, you know, there's some unique things going on in the league right now. Um, offense is up a fairly large amount over last year and offenses usually get better as the year goes on um the dallas mavericks last year and i'm using cleaning the glass stats here which eliminate um uh blowout time so they're not official so i probably should be using you know like for, for the singles but last year the dallas mavericks offensive rating was 117 which means that they scored 117 points per 100 possessions um why is that relevant well it was about um six points better than league average and it was the best offensive team that we've ever seen. So 117 and six points above league average. Well, this year there are four teams that are exceeding what they did offensively last year. Two of them will play in the game tonight, both the Jazz and the Clippers. Clippers are the number one offense in the league. And the league average now is up about a point and a half. So it's 112.5. Well, the, we're not up. These these teams are not up six points above league average. The Clippers are eight and a half points better than league average. Brooklyn's seven and a half better than league average. The Utah Jazz are kind of where where uh, Dallas was last year in the historically great season. They're six point or they're but they're seven points above league average. So not only do we have four teams that are. Uh, and we actually have five teams, if you include Portland, that are better than any team has ever been in the history of the game. Four of them are just blowing it out of the water in the Clippers, Brooklyn, Milwaukee, and Utah. David, I've uh, I finally brought Gordon around onto the value of uh, Royce O'Neal, and I say that jokingly, but we had a conversation about him earlier in the show. And I've even heard uh, you mention a time or two that he deserves consideration for the all-defensive team this year. Talk about the how well he's playing, or, or not playing, I suppose, and what value he is bringing during this run. You know, and in fairness to Gordon's ignorance, um <laughs> <laughs> Austin could use this as a uh, site at some point in time. Yeah. If, you know, if you'd known how it's been going today for me, David, that would be even funnier. Thank you. But oh, what on. happened? What's I've going on, been, my I, friend? I, I, I've just been wrong three times on the show, including a Whoa. memory of my own. Yeah. Whoa, that's like, I mean, that's like, that's probably more. I mean, that's one of those things like we have to look at it and say, like, 
three times in the last two hours compared to five times in the last, like, five years. <laughs> yeah, right, okay. All right, knock it off. <laughs> I mean, that's really – it. you know, there's two ways to look at this. It's a rare outlier, or it's the day we look back and say, oh, that's interesting – he really, that was the day where it all began to come undone. <laughs> well, wait a minute. Let, let, if anyone's going to blame anybody for my radio career, it's you, my friend, because you hired me, remember? Yeah, but I mean, that was like 30 years ago. So if you've like <laughs> suddenly slipped into dementia, it's not my fault. Ouch. Oh, okay. All right. Whew. Now, well, what makes that even funnier is one was a memory. One of the instances where I was wrong was a memory of my own experience. So, anyway, uh, let's move on. I mean, it all could stem back to the bike accident if we really start analyzing it, it, the data. It could. It could, to tell you the <laughs> truth. You know, I, David, I don't know if you've ever had a bad accident coming down the ski slope or whatever, but when I think we of what... We don't talk about these things. Why do you guys all want to talk about these things? We no, don't. don't. Just, radio don't show. None of this, none I was on a call the other day, and someone wanted to start talking to me about the risk my kids take by being alpine skiers. I was like, can we just change the subject? <laughs> like, seriously, like... Why did you want to talk about this? Well, it was meant to be a positive because I feel fortunate when I think of how bad that might have turned out. But anyway, I think I'm still okay. I mean, I really, if we want to, all right, so this is the, you know, when you've been with people that have dementia, it's a, it's a tough thing. They can't remember things that just happened, but they can remember things that happened in the past. So maybe you should tell us where you were when the Eagles released their greatest hits album 45 years ago today. Yeah, I'm sure that's like crystal clear to you. <laughs> my my problem is I'm forgetting back then and I'm forgetting what happened five minutes ago. So maybe you're uh, right. Uh -oh. I don't know. It's the bike yeah. accident. No. Yeah, maybe. Anyway. All right. Where were hey, we? David, David, can I? Well, I asked all... about Royce O'Neal. Oh, I don't know go if Royce we're going to, yeah. you know. But Gordon's got a question, obviously. No, no, no. You go ahead. You go ahead. I want to hear what David says about Royce's play. If I... I don't believe that this is an exact science, and so I'm pretty willing to kind of also say when I've been wrong. Um, at the end of last year, I questioned whether that was like a great contract to sign and kind of wondered, like on Royce, like he got the most open shots of any player in the league over the last three years. I was like, well, that's an easy job. Just shoot open shots. And I was like, he's only our best defensive player because we don't have other ones. But that's not true anymore. I don't know if it was true when the year started and I was just wrong or if he's changed. But Quinn make, made a really interesting comment. I asked him about it twice on the coaches' show. If, if you want to, I can send it to Austin because um, I actually ran today on Locked on Jazz, so I actually have it handy. About he kind of, Quinn made this offhand comment about Royce O'Neal's in his second year as a starter and his second year as a defensive stopper, and he's really learned from both those. And then he just like moved on. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That was actually the most important part of that sentence. I need to go back to that another day. So I did this week. I went back to that. And he just talked about how, you know, playing as a starter is different. So he's playing as, you know, learning how to be the fifth best offensive player on the floor. There's a role to that because you're defended differently. And what are you going to do? And so he's, he's under, begun to understand how to do that. And then the second aspect of this that I think is really important to in regards to Royce, is that he's now guarding Jason Tatum for the third time. He's guarding Giannis for the third time. He's guarding Jimmy Butler for the third time. He's guarding whoever the best player. You know, if he's guarding Kawhi tonight, it's probably for the 
the sixth time, right? And you just get better at it. You learn their tendencies. You know what they're doing. You know how to play. You know how to play without fouling. You understand how, you know, he probably in the past last year, I w- I'd love to talk to more about this. This is the classic example of the things we can't get right now because Zoom just is not going to get it for you. But, like, I'm going to guess that there was something where he used to guard, like, somebody and be like, oh, that worked. Oh, I'll do that again. Oh, that worked. I'll do that again. Oh, crap. Like, he just beat me because he had to counter that. But the player's a veteran, so the player waits until he needs to know when to use that counter because Royce just suddenly showed him the same defense four plays in a row. And I would guess that – I don't know. I'm just guessing that Royce doesn't do that anymore. But now sometimes he gets physical. Sometimes he backs off. Sometimes he hedges. You know, the defensive game plan is to get a guy going to the right. I'll bet he sometimes shows it early, sometimes shows it late, sometimes shows it in a different way, sometimes gets him there because – and I would guess that in the past, just in you're doing your first time, oh, that worked, I'll do that again. Well, these guys are geniuses with the basketball, and so you're not going to be able to do something time and time again. So Royce's evolution and improvement this year is a real story. I mean, our fan base sure loves awards, right? Like, I've never, I, I, maybe every fan base is like this, but ours is, there's really a validation out of our group that if we get some award, like if Jordan wins six, man, we might put a statue next to Stockton alone. Well, shouldn't Royce be up for most improved? He's certainly been very good. Well, he's certainly important. Too. That that award has always been like a backhanded compliment in a weird way, though. Well, right. I mean, like Luca should have won it last year. If he didn't, I don't even know who won it because I do think it's kind of ridiculous. It's usually come back from an injury award. Um, but um, you know, Luca is Luca last year was the most was unquestionably the most improved player in the league. Last thing for me, David, I just wanted to ask you about the reintegration of Mike Conley. Is it as simple as bringing him back and putting him in the lineup uh, beyond the physical side of it? Because I imagine he'll have some limited minutes moving forward. But you just put him back in and you just move on? I don't know. Boy, I hope he's not under a big uh, time restriction because that screwed him up last year really badly. Um I hope we're not playing that game again. I know you have to for medical purposes and things like that, but I know that really he struggled with that last year and he just felt like that was kind of overriding his whole game. So it would be nice if we don't have to deal with that again. Um, And if he doesn't have to, from an integration standpoint, I mean, it's going to be great to have back. I think this is probably as good as I'll ask Quinn about this today. I think this is about as good a six game um, stretch as you're going to see out of, uh, that you have ever seen out of maybe you'll see a better one, but that we have ever seen out of Joe Ingles. Um, but I don't like the fact he's been playing 33 minutes a night, and I um, uh, I would like to I would like to you know get him back down to probably 26, 27. His value as the year goes, he's incredibly valuable as year. His value is that the is that the league, you know, that he's healthy whenever we get to the playoffs. I used to say, you know, April, May. I don't even know when we hit the playoffs this year. David, I have one last thing. Sorry, I know we're up against it a little bit. But when we started the show, both Austin and and, uh, Jake said that uh, they were going to rule their roost with an iron fist, and those kids were going to learn to be disciplined, and they were going to enforce that strongly. And now you're you're a little farther on down the road. I wondered what your thought is on on their intentions. Uh, Parenting is a game that you are playing for probably 18 years in which the only thing you're trying to do is make the kids not figure out you have no power. So that, that is the entire game of parenting, by the way, is that the truth of the matter is 
<laughs> wait, wait a second, let me close the door. <laughs> there's just, there's just, kids are home. Um, is that you're really playing a, um, a game. There's really nothing you're going to do, right? Like, think about it. Just really walk through it, Jake. Like, if your kid is awful and doing terrible things, like, you're not going to make them homeless. You're not. So you can pretend you have an iron fist. And if you, let, if you think that will allow you to keep the facade up for the next 18 um, years, then go for it. But it's a farce, and you're just trying to promote it for 18 years. Fair enough, but aren't food, water, and shelter pretty big motivators? <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. I mean, they, they know they you, motivate us all, is, right? Sure, sure. But, like, really go there and ruin it all because then they'll figure out that you actually won't deny them food, water, and shelter. <laughs> but, see, that's you why I'm your child. prepared to do it. You're not, actually. Like, see, this is the farce. <laughs> I knew I could count on you. I knew I could count on you, David. How, how old are yours? Yeah, she. I've got uh, a three-year-old and one on the way, and I've all. I'm already prepping the three-year-old for her first job at eight. Okay, so I have a million thoughts on what you should do with a three-year-old right now. So if you want them, I will give them to you. We didn't do a lot of things right, but I think we did that one right. Okay. So I have a few thoughts. All so right, we can talk offline on that. Yeah. Um, my my two favorite parenting things as we're almost wrapping up is the second one, sixteen. Was there was a day where they, they, my wife and I decided to just say yes to everything. No matter what they asked for, we said, yes, yeah, sure, you can have that. Sure, that'd be great. Sure, yeah. They hated it more than any. Can you guys stop this? This is ridiculous. They hated it. And there's something to that, that the, you know, the structure and format and barriers you're giving a kid are actually, they feel, are love. So I do believe in that very strongly, that if you set the barriers and give them, you know, that, that every time they hit that barrier, they know the reason that barrier is there is because you love them. Um, my other favorite line as they got older was, I think my wife used this one, like, hey, guys, life is really, really easy in this house right now. This is, like, awesome. You guys are amazing. You're, the, like, really well-behaved. You do your schoolwork. You're both excelling in athletics. Like, this is super easy. It's on you to keep it that way because we can make it hard really fast. <laughs> All right. See, words to live by. David, you never know what you're going to learn when uh, when we chat with you. So there you go. Thanks, All right. Buddy. Stay safe out there. Be well. Back at you. There you go. David Locke, he'll have all the action for you tonight. Jazz Clippers starting at 8 o'clock. Pre-game begins at 7. More straight ahead on the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.